you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie. And we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. She starts <laughs> applauding him, going, good job. No, no, or no, no, good no. for you, <laughs> yes. which is worse. And she just goes, oh, good for you. Super disrespectful. I'm like, okay, first of all, number one, I did not applaud because I have Riley to carry. But I did say, good for you. As if you're pitying him like he's a shark. See, this is where he fabricates the story because I know I didn't applaud because I had Riley to hold. In five, four, Wuzo, three. No, I didn't do anything yet. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Your face. Should I get socked? What do you mean? One. Hello, everybody. What I mean by that is I'm going to sock so you in the face. <laughs> don't miss it. We have to it. redo this whole thing. Here we go. In five. Okay, what, what's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> you, know how, you know how the show works. Okay, in five, four. Hold on. Why are you yelling? Relax. What Inside do you mean? Voices. I'm not yelling. Go. Let's do it again. Eat on. And if you interrupt me one more time, it's going to be a fist fight outside. Why are you so violent? Shut up. <laughs> Be quiet. Hold I didn't on. do anything. Hold on, hold on. Okay. My brain farts need the intro to be correct. If not, they can't focus on the podcast. All right, all right. We're doing I'll this just for be three sipping. years now. I'll be sipping. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Namaste. What are we doing? Here? I'm I'm focusing right now. Namaste. 
Hello. How dare you interrupt the Genius you, Brain Podcast intro? Have you ever done any kind of yoga you look, meditation? You look like you're going to read me a bedtime story. <laughs> it is late at night. I'm ready what? to wind down. <laughs> it's not that cold in the house for you to have that it blanket. It is. I'm sorry. The past few months, who's the one who kept turning on the heater when I thought it was pretty warm? So. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Well, it's pretty cold today. You know what's interesting? What we just saw, actually, uh, not too see? long ago, we saw this documentary. She was on this weird documentary binge. Uh, and I'll tell you this. One documentary mm-hmm. that I probably never, ever would ever care to see was the Paris Hilton documentary. Me too. Which is so fascinating, right? First of all, I, I think the Paris Hilton documentary is a, is kind of shitty. Just because <laughs> 90% of it. Is that so? They kind of lead on in the beginning of the documentary, telling you that there's one thing that you don't yeah. know about Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. right? And so throughout the whole documentary, you're waiting to hear this thing, and they tell it to you probably at the last twenty minutes. Basically, Dave and I were watching it. We're halfway through, Ugh. and David got sick of it. And he got a call, so he Not left. Even halfway through, it was like forty five minutes through. Yeah, fifty minutes through. He comes back later after I finished watching it, and he's like, "So what happened?" I was like. The last 10 minutes what we re- when we, we find out. They had nothing else to talk about. That was the thing. There's literally <laughs> nothing eventful in her life except for this one thing, right? And so they know this. They know the audience knows that the rest of the shit – She, mm-hmm. the documentary is trying to show us that Paris Hilton is actually she, – she goes through real people problems. But they do a terrible job <laughs> of portraying it throughout the whole fucking series. I have to keep working because I want to become a billionaire. Yeah, so <laughs> – it's interesting because when you have somebody who is so far removed from regular society, and mm. I'm talking about she is in like the half percenter of the world. I'm yeah. talking about it doesn't matter what she does. She has such an unlimited amount of money. It doesn't matter. Mm. And so when she tries to do this thing where she's, you know, she's portraying this thing of like, listen, I'm just a normal person like everybody else. And this is just a whole facade. But everything that she does isn't really normal compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like how she views how she can do things mm-hmm. at a whim is simply just done because she has an absorbent amount of money. Yeah. Like even this one little phrase that she says, she goes, she goes, I can't rest until I become a billionaire because if I have a billion dollars, then I then I know that financially I'll be stable. <laughs> it's basically what she was alluding to. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, you fucking rich psychopath? She Well, she was saying later on that she thinks she'll be happy then. So like as you're progressing, you're – they kind of ask that same question in a different way. And you could see that it's slowly to change because in the beginning, it's like uh, financially, I want to be stable. And then later on, she's like, I want to be happy. And then towards the end, when we see everything, she goes to her closet, which is massive, looks around. She's like, you know what? To be honest, this is just putting a character like I don't give a F about any of these stuff that I have, all these materials. So you start to see that she is telling the truth later on at the end of the docu- documentary. But then I felt like we were already like exhausted. We're like, this is also, not too, what I was It seemed very disingenuous. You know what yeah. I mean? It seems like she was saying it as lip service because she wanted people to feel like, listen, I don't need any of this stuff. Like I'm, I figured out that the meaning of life isn't my possessions. But they asked like, oh, you're, you're done. You don't have to do this yeah. stuff. And say, would you give it up? She goes, no. No. Because she loves it. She's addicted to that. She's addicted to the attention. Mm-hmm. And so what the thing is, is like her lifestyle isn't based on whether, oh, 
I need these things because I need to make money because mm-hmm. the money gives her value and worth. It's mm-hmm. no, I need attention. If I don't go outside and people don't recognize me, I'll die. That's how she feels. Mm-hmm. And she tries her best to kind of hide it throughout the whole docuseries where she's putting on this. It's funny because there's two mm-hmm. sides to her, right? Mm-hmm. In the docuseries, she's trying to show like, listen, this whole Jessica Simpson, I'm stupid, I don't know what's going yeah. on thing is is completely false. It's a persona that I'm putting on because of something that I've created. Yeah. So I could become this social media star. Yeah. Right? But the funny thing is, it, there's a double part. It's like, yeah, that's a fake put on stuff. But you being a wholesome down to earth person where you're not, you don't need material things. It's not really. Now it's part of you. It's a part of you. Yeah. Like you can't step away from it. Yeah. So the real thing is, it's like what it really boils down to is that she lives off of attention. And it's crazy. Like I didn't really think about this, but they said it in the documentary. Paris Hilton, and this is according to her manager and what she says, and I agree, there was never really an idea of what an influencer was. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck is an influencer? Mm-hmm. Seven years ago, six years ago, maybe even four years ago, if mm-hmm. you ask somebody, hey, what do you do for a living? And they go, I'm an influencer. I'd be like, what the heck What the that? fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I said, what do you do for a living? They go, I influence. And what is an influencer? Mm-hmm. And really goes back to Paris Hilton. Because when you look at what Paris Hilton did, right? Yeah. What did Paris Hilton do? Nothing. <laughs> she was just the heiress to the Hilton Hotel. Yeah. She was a rich, rich girl. And she had this reality television show, which you guys saw, which a lot of people don't know. Kim Kardashian took notes from Paris Hilton and then she started her own. I know. The Kardashian reality show. It's crazy. Which showed this rich person who's completely out of touch and they're going through rich people problems. Mm -hmm. And really, I believe why we thought that that show was really fascinating is because we don't know what it's like to To be be them. them. Mm. And that's what made it fascinating. Mm -hmm. You kind of make fun of them. You think they're dumb. They're stupid. But at the same time. They're kind of putting on this persona. They kind of play it up because they like the attention. Do you think because there wasn't such thing out there, right? She's someone who started it and she knew she was doing something. Does that make her somewhat in a genius world then? That the fact that she think, was seeing a potential on this. See, everybody uses that that thing genius, right? Just because they, be, they guarded a certain level of success doing something that it's stupid, but makes them a lot of money. They go. There's oh. a whole trend on it, and they go, "That's genius." But is it really though? I think it's a little bit of like mm. it wasn't a big foresight. It's just something that they really enjoy, which is attention. It's I will do anything I can to make sure people know who I am. Like cowboy, then? Yeah, like is that necessarily mm. genius? I don't really think so, mm. right? I think that's there's them being so thirsty, they'll do literally whatever. People can mm. think they're dumb, stupid. It doesn't matter as long as people know me. I find value based on the fact that I am recognized. I am a valuable person because people know who I am. Not that I am valuable and people know me. Two different things, right? Because you saw in that documentary at the end, she doesn't want to give any of this up because she loves the fame and the attention. Her value as a person isn't, I am a valuable person because I can offer something. It's, I'm only valuable because you guys say that I am. Which is something I always... That's kind of sad. But it is sad. You know, and and the thing is too, throughout the whole thing, like you see her kind of switch between two personalities. Uh Paris Hilton goes in and she goes, hey guys, oh my God, that's Uh so hot. That's so hot. (laughs) It's amazing. I love it. Oh my God, what are you doing? You know, and the stuff that she's stressing out about on the show, I think they're trying to dramatize it to make it seem like she's going through like this uh, anxiety shit. Mm. But it's literally first world problems. 
And yeah. it's really hard to connect to. You it know? was. It was. Paris is always fucking, she's always late to shit. And like, she's just in her own world. She didn't fucking care. She's working all day. And then the manager or someone said, you're going to have to get ready by eight. And then they were just like making that scene so dramatic. Like it's super dramatic. Yeah. As but, if like no celebrities out there have done that or no. Or just human beings. Yeah. Humans like parents, mom, mom work till and, like midnight and then still wake up at five to get the kids ready. Like. And the biggest reason why <laughs> it shows that she's not a down to earth person is because these are regular problems that everybody deals with. Yeah. But the way that she handles it, she acts as if her whole world is crumbling. And in the documentary, she's trying to make it seem like, listen, I. I stress out too. It's like, those aren't fucking normal people problems. Listen, I never want to like be dismissive of how people feel when they're going through stressful stuff, right? But, she is working hard. Yeah. But that's also relative to who your audience is, yeah. right? So if she's complaining to her rich friends about rich people shit, rich people will claim about their rich people shit. They understand what they're talking about because in, on all, in all honesty, most of those stuff isn't that stressful compared to the most of the stuff that people deal with every day. Mm. But when you show that to somebody like us, who are just regular folk, we're like, what the fuck are you complaining about? <laughs> like, what is this nonsense? You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, at least, because for me and other point of view, I was just like, wow, she really doesn't, I thought she didn't go through anything. Then I saw that, I was like, okay, so she's like normal people. She actually works really hard. It's just not given to her. Everybody goes through their stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you know, she obviously she's had a leg up and you know, obviously all the money and all the connects yeah. allowed her to do what she did. But she continued it and she built her own empire. Right. Which is cool. Right. She is the original influencer. Yeah. Um, If you guys want to watch the doc, I suggest you not. I'll just tell you what happened to her. What? So <laughs> just watch it. It's on YouTube. Well, you can watch it on YouTube. Most likely you guys are going to be just like, what the fuck? You're going to be rolling your eyes. But uh, the, well, the, watch the, the last. 20 minutes. minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So the trauma that she went through on the documentary, and I'm going to spoil it for you guys. Either way, you, you guys, you're going to want me to spoil it. No. So, okay, so she she basically went to this camp. What was it for? It was, it's like something like fat camp. Dis- uh, it's for disciplinary. So anyone who. Boot camp kind of stuff. Kind of for disciplining because these for are. Rich, rich kids. I don't know if it's for rich kids, but I'm assuming with some kind of finance because you oh, have. Oh, it's expensive. I looked it up. It's. Like, Do you I'm, know the name of it? I can't remember. But when I was looking it up, it was like some really, really expensive so shit. So if you have bad behavior and the parents cannot control that and doesn't know what to do, then they will hit them up. And then they will bring – basically you go to their school, quote-unquote school, and get disciplined. It's, it's, well, it's essentially rich people boot camp, right? So it's really expensive boot camp. So it's for all these like spoiled rich kids who think that their life is absolutely terrible. And they send them to this boot camp to straighten them up. Well, the thing about this place is completely closed now because they were abusing the fuck out of these kids. And they're all girls. Yeah. They were, they would watch them shower. Um, Paris tried to escape multiple times. They, when they caught her, they beat her ass. They did all this like other stuff. Yeah. They isolated her in the documentary. They said, she said that they, Took her clothes off and isolate her in a room for over a day, yeah. basically. And so when we heard this, I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. That's not. They waited an hour and a half to tell us because that was the <laughs> only thing that you could say that would make that would make the documentary make sense. Because if they put that in the middle, they had no other material because everything else mm-hmm. that you see in the documentary is simply her choosing to do the stuff that she does. She doesn't want to take personal responsibility. Well, why couldn't they make it shorter, you know, then? Then there would be more impactful. I don't, yeah, than... I said they could have made that doc 35 minutes. 
Yeah, for like half minutes. of the whatever they had yeah. running time. But uh, what was I going to say? That part was actually quite shocking because they bring her old classmates come over and talk about their experience. So you find out, oh, it's not. Because at first I was wondering, is she exaggerating? She must be exaggerating. There's no way. And then it turns out, oh, no. Everybody went through shit. And I think that we as an audience feel like she's exaggerating because of her persona that she always puts on. So, you know, you kind of mix in this whole like, oh, is she being real? Is she not? You don't really know. Mm. And so you'll see in this documentary, she goes in and out. She like code switches constantly. So when she's in the camera, her voice is a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a lot more calm. And then she's talking about her shit. And it's completely fine. And she says multiple times, like, oh, this is like, oh, I'm just playing this character. She actually verbally says it like, I don't know, like 20 times. I wonder if she says that because she needs to tell herself. Because I, I think at a certain point, she's like, I don't even know if that's me or not anymore. Yeah. But once again, rich people problems. <laughs> and so she goes out in public. The cameras are on. That's mm-hmm. hot. Oh, my God. So what an interesting thing. I actually know somebody who was actually pretty close friends with her. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> it's weird because people like Kim Kardashian and also this other friend of mine has also picked up these habits from Paris. Mm. The Is only, she rich too? How are they friends? I don't want to talk about her finances. Ah, okay. So um, <clears throat> this person very specifically, I only know this to be true and the documentary didn't shock me. It's because I, I already knew about this because of this friend. Uh, so, and she took notes and took that page out of her book and also applied it to her life. So it's very weird. So when I first met this person, uh, by the way, the sweetest person you'll ever meet has a very, very loving and kind heart. And you see her talk. Oh my God, that's freaking amazing. Well, you kind of get to know this person over time and then you could kind of hear her switch in and out of this. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Are you... Is this like a a voice that you're putting on? In my head, I didn't Uh really think about this, right? Uh And I didn't really pay any mind because she was super nice, super sweet and very kind. So a couple of our other friends, they told me this story where they were hanging out with her. And I didn't know this, but he was telling me like, hey, you know that stuff that she does, you know, she learned from Paris Hilton. And it's not it's not really her. She's actually very educated, super smart. She's like bilingual, everything. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And so when they were hanging out, she'll she will she was doing her whole uh valley girl accent and he literally looks at her he goes there's no cameras here stop yeah like, just he goes okay and then she, you know she goes back to her normal way of speaking so it's only in it's, front it's, of camera. it's a specific social media persona and so that's how i knew that this documentary is real about that 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 paris thing because she learned that stuff from paris and, and it's worked for her it worked for her very well and it's kind of crazy to see you have any doubt how hard it is to live like two personalities and two lives it's, no. It's so fucking <laughs> I mean you 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 code switch pretty hard. So I think you kind of know. But no, that's different. That's different. I'm not you did intentionally a whole, doing you did a whole that. job interview in an Australian accent. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever try to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This podcast is brought to you by Fiverr, my friends. We all know how hard it is to make something out of nothing. Just the thought of turning that big idea into reality can feel overwhelming. How do you even get started? You get started with Fiverr, homie. Listen, I actually use Fiverr for literally just about anything. Um, graphic design, specifically a lot of illustrations. Um, what I'm looking for, an illustrator or a graphic design that's within my budget, Fiverr has all the people and all the resources that I need to create the stuff that I personally can't make. When you're a business owner, when you have project ideas, or even if you wanna do video editing, you can't do everything by yourself. If you want to grow your business, you need to hire the right people to help and cultivate that growth. And that's where Fiverr freelancers come in handy. It is freaking money. It's just super easy to use. Every successful something was once nothing. Head to Fiverr.com and turn in that nothing into something today. Receive 10% off your first order by using my code GeniusBrain at F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Again, that's Fiverr as an F I V E R R dot com code genius brain. As this. I was doing it, I was like, my eyes were getting big too. I was like, oh my God, You're I don't know why Jason this is Statham. happening. And so they were like, oh, are you, are you, like, did you study in Australia too? And I was like, no, but I did have a lot of Australia. But I love the shrimp on the Bobby. I don't even know what you're saying. Crocodile Dundee. 
What is shrimp on the Bobby? Who's Bobby? <laughs> oh my God. Prawns on the Bobby. Barbie as in barbecue. Oh, I was they thinking call it of Barbie. like Barbie and Ken. No, that's so funny. I still can't. But like if I was interviewing somebody for, let's say, Junbi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say I was the person hiring people out. And then this girl who's talking to me, I'm like, oh, so why did you want to apply to Junbi? Like, what are your goals? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like a... <laughs> I would like, uh, you know, it's a Jumi, so like well, my favorite. You know, <laughs> you know it, it's like uh, <laughs> matcha is like a Japanese, but you know, sometimes the Japanese are okay. <laughs> what the freak? Okay, I don't all of a sudden like go into Konglish. Oh, like, really? Oh, really? So what? we, so I take, I take this one. We're going so Hiking, right? I, I meant well. Okay, we're, we're mountain. So on Jesus. this hike trail in near Sacramento <laughs> in this area called Auburn, there's this trail called uh, I can't even say anything. Lake Clementine. Take it. Okay, <laughs> there's this guy, young dude, on a mountain bike, and he's mountain biking, right? And in her mind, she thinks he's a young dude for some reason, but it's yeah. an older gentleman, probably like in his fifties, maybe even sixties. I saw him in. And she looks course. at this older man, and she goes. She starts <laughs> applauding him, going, good job. No, no, or, no. Or good no. for you, <laughs> yes. which is worse. <laughs> and she just goes, oh, good for you. Super disrespectful. I'm like, Okay, first Yo. of all, number one, I did not applaud because I had Riley to carry. But I did say, good for you. As if you're pitying him I like he's applaud. a child. See, that's, this is where he fabricates the story because I know I didn't applaud because I had okay. Riley to hold. Most, But when you retold what you did, you did applaud. You went, I told him in good for you. In my head, I applauded them in a good way. Not like, oh, good if you If you would have saw this guy's face, if you would have saw his face, I was like, I wanted to apologize to the guy. But Why you, didn't you apologize then? Because I was sh- I was like... <laughs> Yo! <laughs> How dare you tell this? It was like it's basically you're like, oh, that's the equivalent of that is looking at a at an older woman and say, you actually look pretty good for your age. See? That's but that's the not the case because I was looking at a young gentleman. Even if it was a younger gentleman, you shouldn't say good for you. Good for you, it's very uh I heard it a lot from Mark. So what does that mean? No, no, no. When somebody's doing something that they're enjoying, you're like, good for you, it's like who are you? But people I work so. Or it's like somebody who you don't even know. And they go, I'm proud of you. It's like, who the fuck are you? Well, that's different, but. It's not. You don't know this person. No, I'm saying. Okay, so people at work say it. Then what does that mean? If you have a relationship and you're looking at somebody and they go, oh, that's dope. Good for you. You have a relationship. So it means something different. This is a stranger who's just mountain biking. And when you tell them good for you, it's like, good for me. What? I'm just mountain biking. Are you saying good for me because of my age? Like, what does that mean? Am I old? See, that he, dude's face was so offended. <laughs> he was like, the fuck? Well, he already looked like he was about to pass out. It was a steep hill. That's why I said, good for you, because I can't do that. It's it's one of those the things. The intention. Oh, the intention was great. It's just one of those things that is, you know how languages don't really directly translate? <laughs> and this is what happens. Like This in, is why I don't want to go out. <laughs> 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 this is exactly why my, the intention is right, but whatever comes out of my mouth, according to David, is horrifying. 
Well, <laughs> pandemic has definitely caused her to be a little socially awkward. Yes, because, it has. You know, meeting people and interacting with people is I hate very, it. Very few and far between. For example, we went to go get some paperwork done at like the DMV. <laughs> right. And so Can I st- tell them? Yeah, go ahead. So we were in front of this window at a and there was a clerk. She was a lady. I was like kind of looking around because she was doing her thing. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, by default, pre-COVID, what I would have said to that lady was like, oh, my gosh, your outfit is adorable. Like, I really like whatever you're wearing, you know. You know typically a normal compliment. No more compliment. But then my eyes couldn't go to her because I was like, I don't want to make eye contact. So I'm going to look around what's around her oh my gosh she got two monitor arms that's pretty cool she has a sit stand it's a standing desk uh and she has an ergonomic chair that's gnarly she must have a good setup there and so what did i do she looks at this girl out and of this nowhere. is when i look there's no context it's a real <laughs> conversation she just met i had lady. it in my and head she goes, your desk is really ergonomic and that girl paused and she just goes Thank you. <laughs> no, she didn't even say thank you. She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what I was saying. And then she follows up with, look at that printer. <laughs> no, she no, looks no. at me and she's like, do you see that printer? That's a pretty nice printer. <laughs> I'm like, you are the most boring human being I've ever met in you my know life. What I, you know what the funny thing is, though? Before I told you that, in my head, I was like, I really want to tell him, but I don't think he's going to say I'm a nerd or he's going to make fun of me. It's not even a nerd. It's what What am I supposed to say? He's going to make fun of me. I I knew he was going to do this, but yet I still had to tell him. You ever have a conversation with somebody and they just tell you information that you don't know how how to respond back to? (laughs) That is what this girl is. She's the queen of that. Uh, I have those people too. standing there. She goes, that's a really big printer. And I look at her. I'm like, what am I supposed to bounce off of this? (laughs) How are we supposed to continue okay, this, this conversation? Okay, this is what I was going in my head while I was talking about the whole ergonomic setting because that's what all I think about every day because I'm at my desk. I look at the printer. I'm like, holy cow. I use that printer every day for posters um, when I was working at Disney. And I remember how expensive that printer is. And that was going on like the whole conversation. And I really wanted to t- tell someone because I was excited to see. I want to try this. Let's let's go ahead. We're in a time machine. <laughs> we're, we're going back in time. Okay. You're single. Okay. I'm single. Okay. And now. Okay. We have to flirt. <laughs> With your social skills now, the, now that has dwindled so much, we're, we're going to have to flirt. Okay. But it's we're, not going to work because we know each other. No, we don't. Okay, fine. You have to pretend. I didn't flirt with you. Uh, oh, you flirted with me. I have my other persona. <laughs> you you flirted my with me. Echo. Okay, here it is. Okay. This is this is the scenario. Okay. I. I. I'm telling tell you to repeat after <laughs> me. What are you doing right now? I said this is the scenario. You went I I. What are you doing? <laughs> I just. You've already it. failed. Listen, this is the scenario. <laughs> okay. I am me, but I am thirty pounds lighter. <laughs> Okay, what the fuck? I don't understand why that's hilarious. I don't know. Why did you just keep going? Why did you laugh like keep a going. like a witch? <laughs> like a witch. You talk like you're like a witch. Okay, okay, you're thirty pounds lighter. I'm thirty pounds lighter. Okay, you're okay. so skinny. Hold on a second. Don't let's not do that. <laughs> I can do whatever I'm, I want. No, this is my scenario. Let me finish. Okay. I am thirty pounds lighter. If you if you laugh one more time, I'm gonna kick you in your coochie. I am. <laughs> I am 30 pounds lighter. Okay. Okay. Wonderful fade. I don't have a haircut yet. I will. Wonderful haircut. 
we are at a bar in K-Town. You were there, actually dressed like a normal human being this day, not wearing everything that's uh, just with your dog on it. <laughs> okay, you're going to wear normal she clothes. She has a name, Riley. Okay. Excuse me. Relax. Excuse me. Continue. I'm ordering a drink. I look at you and I go, that little Korean girl's kind of cute. I'm going to order her a drink. Excuse me, bartender. <laughs> I, this is my accent. I like the code switch too. Okay. Excuse me, bartender. Would you give her, would you fancy giving her a little drink? The drink slides over. Now, what do you say? Am I alone? You are alone. You're not with anybody. It's just me and you. Excuse me, bartender. <laughs> would you fancy giving the little lass a little drink? Hmm. I'll take it. Because it's coming from the bartender. No, you. No, we're in the scenario. Don't oh. don't tell me what you're. Okay. Once again, you suck. Excuse me, bartender. Hold, hold on. Excuse me, bartender. Okay. I think she would fancy a drink. Slides on over to you. Now the scenario begins. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks. So what's your name? Were you <laughs> thrown off a bit, so I'd be like, oh. Um, you don't have to narrate, woman. We're in the scenario. Just talk to me, damn it. Excuse, this is how awkward it's going to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse I, no, no, me, no, no. bartender. I think Milady would fancy a nice drink. Slides on over. That Here we go. It. Thank you. What's your name? Mariel, where are you from? Oh, you know, you can't tell from my accent. No, I cannot. What is that accent? Well, a little bit from here, a little bit over there. Um, so what do you do for a living? What are you doing in K-Town? I'm just chilling at the bar by myself. Are you making fun of my... <laughs> excuse, excuse me. Hold on a second. Are you, are you, are you mocking my accent? I, I find it, you know what? I actually find it highly offensive. Are you, I, wait, I, listen, I'm listen, sorry. Listen. Where are you you from know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I don't like about you Americans. You look... And someone like me, do I sound like an American? Excuse me. This Your is attitude is. is very Every American, t- though. Oh, I, I think I've, not. Uh, I've dated thing. Europeans, and they're oh, definitely a lot well, more romantic. Here, have your drink. Have a nice night. I don't Bye. want your. I don't Walk want away. your. No, no, no. You there know what? you go. That's the funny thing. I put a roofie in the drink. You'll be back <laughs> out in five minutes. I didn't even drink you it. You failed. I didn't Boom. drink it. She took it. a sip and she knocked out. You don't ever take drinks from See, a stranger. I don't understand. He Lesson said learned. that we're going to talk, and so we did. But Why yet he still has to make the story different. Why? It makes... No. The story isn't sense. different. We're supposed to play along. We did. But you made fun of my accent. And so I said goodbye because you're going cray cray. I don't want to be with a cray cray. Why did you mock my accent? <laughs> I didn't mock your accent. You're, you're doing it right now. <laughs> I didn't mock it. I don't Excuse know what me. accent you if, have. Listen, ma'am. <laughs> if you... <laughs> madame, if you... I'm not a madame! <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Junbi Matcha. Do you hate the jitters and crash that coffee gives you? Well, say no more, my friends, because hundreds of thousands of people are drinking Junbi Matcha, not only for the health benefits, but for the caffeine boost that lasts without the crash of coffee. You can mix it, have it hot, ice cold, or try it with your favorite juices and have 
fun with it. Remember, not all matcha is created the same, and Junbi has the highest quality matcha you can find straight from a farm in Japan, handpicked and curated to get you the best quality there is. No competition. To get 10% off your first order of tins and packets, go to junbishop.com. That's J-U-N-B-I shop.com and enter code GeniusBrain to get 10% off your first order. That's J-U-N-B-I shop.com code GeniusBrain. You know what's a very interesting thing that I wanted to ask you? What? So recently, listen, Mm-hmm. She and I had two very different families, <clears throat> two very opposite families, right? I didn't realize how big her family was. See, I didn't grow up in I didn't grow up uh, in the United States with a large family. Literally, the only family members that I know that I hung out with, you actually met uh, Jason and Mike, mm-hmm. and those two are actually my only blood relatives that are around. You know, the, the kids mm-hmm. that I that I grew up with that I hung around with. Other than that, <clears throat> everybody else lives in Korea. Mm-hmm. So for us, like growing up, so one of the things that I found out about her is that her family doesn't really celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. We did, but mainly because we had a dedicated church that we attended. <coughs> and they, you know, we have those events there. Yeah, but those are church. We all had those events. Mm. We all had church events for Thanksgiving. We all had Christmas events. That was my event. St- but we still, no, that doesn't count. But that that was. So your parents, I don't understand how come you, well, cause your, cause your mom is hyper Christian. So I would, I would think that she would want to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. We celebrate at church. That is so lazy. <laughs> that's literally. Why would you have to do it twice if it's already done at church? It's not, it's different. That's not really celebrating Christmas. That's the church event. That's like saying. But that's your opinion. No, that's that what it that, is. But that was our life. That was my life. Is that events were done at church? Sometimes so on Thanksgiving we, Day, mm-hmm. you celebrate. You went to church on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks. Well, I was gonna say sometimes you cut me off. Sometimes, like for example, Thanksgiving Day, we don't go to church because it's like Thursday. So usually we have it like on the weekends or Fridays. But the day of, most of the time, we went to my one of my aunt's house because we would gather all together with grandma and all the kids. Even so, it wasn't like every year, but we did do it quite often. Yeah. But ever since I've been with you, you guys just never celebrated any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, because grandma passed away. But your grandma was the binding glue for everybody to just hang out? Yes. Why? Why? I don't know. That's a good question. Because mm. grandma lived with my family. Uh, and I think... I think for the sake of grandma, just like so that she could see all her kids and mm. grandkids. And then obviously her daughters, uh, which are my aunts, they wanted grandma to see their grandkids as well. It's so probably that's why. I mean, I think we all have the mindset of like we should and we do. And I think we did more or less with the family while grandma was around. But ever since grandma left... Um, the immediate family grew, right? Everybody got married. Everybody had their own kids, their own life. And they have their own partner's family that they have to also take care of oh, and be right. part of, you know? So obviously the, the energy that they spend on will be their immediate family, not like second cousins. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I don't have siblings. It's interesting because the only cousin that you have that speaks, really speaks Korean is just one person. 
Yeah. And everybody else doesn't, which is so interesting because usually when it comes to an older generation of Korean people, mm -hmm. they can speak Korean. Older generation people, but they their parents spoke English. Oh, you're all of your aunts speak English? Uh, well, actually, the ones who cannot speak Korean are the ones their parents can speak English. So the other ones who cannot, uh, who can speak Korean, their parents, uh, they're, I don't think they spoke English at home. Well, but how, how good is their, their English is really good. Uh, like I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they could have fluent conversation. I mean, it's not like they had an accent, but they could totally have a full on conversation without speaking Korean. Oh, really? Yeah. Were they, were they educated here in, in the States? Part, I think so. I don't know about my uncle. Uh, but I remember he was more on the quiet side. But my aunt, the aunt who spoke in, who speaks English, she studied in Germany, and so she was she studied for. Wait, what was she doing in Germany? I think she was in med school. She was she's she was a nurse, so she studied there and came over here in Chicago. And I think that's when my mom came later on. When that aunt was like kind of settled, she was able to like bring other sisters in. So she's been around for a while. That's crazy. Your 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 aunt lived in Germany? Apparently. Yeah. Have you ever asked her about that? No. <laughs> Cuz I knew about it later on. That's fat. I want to see More. photos of her in Germany. I know me too. I want to see all that stuff. That's Maybe. not very common. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should go and see her. She's like she's really busy, so I heard. Busy doing what? She's retired, but she's very involved in a lot of things. She's like I don't know if she is right now, but then before she was in like dance class, she was doing like a host family program. Like people would come to her place. Um, she knows her community very well. She does. I mean, the lady doesn't drink at all, but she knows how to party. You know what's crazy? Like as I get older, I always think about death a lot, right? Like death is something that always circles around in my head. Uh huh. Like I think not so much my death, but everybody around me. Because there's like stages in your oh. life, right? Because I think about like when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, the immediate family was different than my immediate family now, right? Because time goes by, things change. So for me in Thanksgiving, it was me, my mom, my dad, my brother. Mm. And then it was um, Abe's family. Mm. Uh, Abe is, a, is an old family friend of mine. Uh, they have uh, two kids as well. And then my mom's uh, best friend and then the husband. So we would spend Christmas together because we didn't have a lot of immediate family here. Mm. All of our relatives live out in Korea. Mm -hmm. And um, during Thanksgiving or Christmas, his um, his brother would also come and he would bring his family too. And then we would spend one of the holidays together because he has a half brother. Were you guys living all close by? Yes. So they used to be neighbors, but they moved uh, like 30 minutes out. Mm. But we would always have it at their house. We would have Thanksgiving at their house. Mm. Um, and then my cousin, my older cousin, he had his own family, which is, you know, my aunt and uncle and then his younger brother. And then he also had his wife, uh, Katie, and they would have their separate Christmases and separate Thanksgiving. So I would usually just go to two and I would cycle those in and oh. out right? because they don't really know. We, they don't really know Abe's family. So oh. they would have two separate things. So I would spend Two different. I would have two Thanksgivings yeah. and two Christmases to go to. Yeah. So the early Christmas I would go with my my cousins, mm -hmm. um, and then I would go to uh, Abe's uh, Abe and Abe Joseph and Sam's uh, mm. Christmas party mm -hmm. after. Well, all this stuff changed, right? Because they moved out of Sacramento. They live uh, near L.A. now, mm -hmm. and um, 
uh, my cousin Mike moved out to Jersey and my other cousin moved to Texas. Mm. So this idea of like what the Christ- the holidays are starts to slowly change consistently. Yeah. And then that gets me to think about as I get older and then, you know, you know, we have kids and then we start our own family. Like there's going to be moments where my identity or my thought of what Christmas is when it comes to the people gathering together are going to change because yeah. later on my mom's going to pass away. Mm. My dad's going to pass away. And they won't be around for these Christmases. And now there's a new definition of what Christmas is going to be. Mm. And it's kind of crazy because in my thought, like even now as I get older, I still have this weird idea of that, you know, mom and dad are always going to be here. Mm. Right. So every time I go back home, I expect to eat certain food. Mm. I expect to have certain conversations. And I think when they retire, they're probably going to sell that house. And this is a house that I grew up in my whole life. Mm. And I'll never be able to step foot in that house again. It's it's crazy how fast time moves by when you're older. When you're young, everything feels so fucking slow. You almost can't wait for it to be a, a new day so you could hurry up and get to summer school know, or yeah. you can't wait for the summer to have vacation. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you just you're begging for time to slow down. Yeah. Like you want time to slow down. Every time time goes by, I'm like, fuck another day went. Oh they, shit. Someone said this that as you age, think of it as like the speed thermometer. Is that what it's called? The speed thermometer? Uh, the speedometer. Speedometer. <laughs> speedometer. Yeah, that um, it's like that's how fast your time is passing by. So like when you're in 30s versus when you're in 80s, that's how fast the day is going back by for you. So in your 10s, it's a lot slower than in your 30s, in your 50s, and in 80s, 90s, you're just like going. <laughs> The day goes by so fast. It's crazy because I know that time's going by fast, right? And even right now, like we don't have kids, Mm. but imagine we have kids and that's a whole new chapter that starts in the way that we used to change and be, we have to change our behaviors now based on this child. And it's kind of crazy. Just that kind of stuff even frightens, frightens me too. It's like, yo, that's another chapter that's going to start. Not that I'm scared of it per se, but it's like, it's scary about Time just scares me how fast it goes away. Mm. You, you do have limited times to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say that, you know, just because you're older, you can't do everything that you want. But as you get older, things just aren't the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Your priorities shift. Your Even energy so- isn't the same. Like your priorities isn't the same. So, yeah, it's just there are more things that are happening in your life when you get older that it's not as simple as it was when you were a kid to Get things done. I think the craziest thing, even something small, like I've been working on these graphic designs for this new store that I'm opening out in um, out Hawaii. in uh, Hawaii, right? I spent the whole day working on it and the whole day is gone just like that. Mm-hmm. And I always think about time. And the reason why I always thinking about time and how important it is, because I think I've, I've said this on this podcast multiple times, is that you never, ever get time back. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. You can mend relationships. You can do all this other stuff. But time is something you never get back. Mm-hmm. The moment... As as we're talking right now, time moves forward constantly. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know that sometimes I get sad because uh, I feel like at times I'm not capitalizing on the time that mm-hmm. I have, that I should be doing more. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff too that's always a constant reminder for me to kind of work for these things. Like the only reason why I even care about money now is so I'm comfortable later on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think about my parents. My mm-hmm. parents always had a work. They're still working at the same store till this day and they're retiring next year. Mm-hmm. But they've spent now... I think they had that store 31 years now. 31 years of their life they spent at that store. And that store is going to be not in your life soon. Exactly. Enough. I can't visit that yeah. store anymore. After next year, that store, I can't see it anymore. You know, as you're saying this, as you're talking about like your house, your store, how that was always there since you could ever remember. 
the first place that I thought where I was like, do I have a place, anything like that? The first place I thought of was actually my uh, aunt's house that where we celebrate a lot with Christmas and Thanksgiving because it's the only place that actually stuck around for, I mean, it's still there till this day. And because in I moved around so much and my environment is always changing that there's no, there's not much of attachment like that. When there's like, when it's over, it's just over for me. So it's weird to think, it's fascinating that you're seeing a place where you know that you grew up and there's so much history there that it's going to go away. Yeah, it's 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 sad. Like, like that's just all gonna... But I'm a very sentimental yeah. person when it comes to even like personal bonds that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I've, mean, I have that too. Like I, I've kept friends since I was in elementary school and I still have those same friends till this day. Mm-hmm. Like bonds and loyalty mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> that in conjunction with memories that I have of a place is also very important to me. Um, even that store. When I was younger, I hated going to that store. I spent a, a, a fat chunk of my life in my high school and junior high working at that fucking store. And I hated being there mm-hmm. because I wanted to have a normal life like every other kid did. But at, when, you know, when you're younger, you can't really empathize with what your parents are going through. They yeah. needed help. But I just wanted to be a kid. So I, yeah. used to, I used to resent that store. And at the time, my brother hardly ever worked there because mm-hmm. my parents felt that education was his priority and that he was smarter than me. Mm-hmm. So he needed to be in school. Mm-hmm. And this was my backup plan in case I was going <laughs> to drop out of high school. So they made me work the store and he never had to work it. So it caused like this tension and rip. And those are all these negative emotions that's attached to the store. But because that store was also a, a big part of my growth as a human being, mm-hmm. I'm going to miss it. Even though I hated being there. Mm. Like the smell, the all the weird stories that I got from being in the store, all the life experiences, all that type of stuff, I get to keep with me in my memories, but I can't go back and visit it again because mm. once they're gone, it's going to be something else and we won't be able to visit that place anymore, which uh-huh. makes me sad. Mm. Well, because it's not going to be there. <clears throat> it's not going to be there. And the reason why our store still works till this day is not because there aren't other places where you can get these products. It's because of the relationship my parents have with the people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Our clientele for the store isn't new customers. It's mm-hmm. all returning clientele base. I say like 80% to 90% of the people that come into the store are people who have been going there since they were little kids. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why my parents have a living is because they developed a strong relationship with the people in the neighborhood. A lot of stores in that area disappeared because they never did that. What what was it that your parents did? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
nothing. They just always treated people according to how they treated them. So if people were good to my parents, my parents were always good to them. Mm. I think one of the stuff that my parents, that I saw my mom do a lot is that, for example, there'd be sometimes where <clears throat> certain stylists, they don't have money. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have the cash on them and it doesn't matter what, I don't know how they're, I'm not managing their finances, but they don't have the cash on hand. Mm-hmm. And so what my mom would do for people who were stylists and they were struggling to pay a bill, but they would always come and buy products. She would let them take stuff on and make a tab, mm-hmm. which she, not, nobody does that at a retail store. Yeah. They go, Oh, you come a lot. I know you need like, you need the barber side. You need, you need like a couple of stuff. You need this wow. new clipper or whatever. You always come anyways here. Let's build a tab for you. And then these people for years and my mom would just put write it on a receipt and then mm. she had and then she only did it for a few people that were really loyal customers but these people too they always came back and they paid off their tab good every fucking time they paid off their tab there was a couple of people who just bounced but i think they just were going through some tough times and they just couldn't sure. pay it back and so they yeah. left but those same customers come back and they always paid back their tab and my mom has developed this relationship over time mm. constantly and it's kind of crazy to see that so these are also like the great memories that i have with it mm. and when as time goes by that memory is going to be gone so it's like well not memory it's just that mm. i won't be able to go back there is it hard for you to let it go i don't think it's hard for me to let go it's just it just makes me sad because i'm i i find value in memories and, and bonds and relationships it's how i've always navigated that's why i i don't the only people that you see that walk into this home, unless it's like a podcast guest or something, are people that I develop strong bonds with. Mm. You don't ever get, I don't ever introduce you to people that are acquaintances. I don't ever introduce you to people who are cursory friends. You only get to meet people who are really close to me, unless we're outside on the streets and somebody says, what's up? <laughs> right. right. Other than that, you, you rarely see this. I mean, how often do I ever bring guests into this house? Not mm-hmm. very often. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like to, I like to nurture the bonds that I have. And on the other end, it's like if I have a really strong friendship with somebody and it ends up really bad, it also hurts me double fold. Yeah. Right? Only one time in my life, and you know about this person, one time in my life have I ever felt like somebody I somebody did something where it was out of character. Mm. Right. And the the crazy thing is, is like I had to think about it too. It's like, oh, I don't even really know this person. Mm-hmm. You know, but this person somehow infiltrated their way into my life through other friends. And I kind of, instead of listening to my gut, when I first met this person, yeah, I decided to give this person the benefit of doubt because they were so close to some of my other friends. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that my gut feeling was right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, it's not so much hurts, but it pisses me off that I didn't follow my gut when it mm-hmm. comes to meeting people. Mm-hmm. And every time I've met somebody and I created a strong bond, nothing bad has ever happened. This is the one time in my 30 years of living that this actually happened. So it's like, what in the fuck? Where did this go wrong? I've never been backstabbed by somebody like this, right? If, by somebody who I thought was really, really close to me. Yeah. People who I just met, it's understandable. I don't really fucking know you. And then I had to look back and say, oh, actually, these behaviors have been here for a very long time. And I was the one that decided to put my guard down because I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that's when it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was I thinking? Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, like, I'm a type of person, if we're close and you wrong me, if this person died tomorrow, I literally would smile and be happy. Oh, my God. That's how. But to me, that's how important bonds are to me. You do something that is so downright dirty and you're you're 
the the your true colors are that you're a piece of shit person and I allowed you in my circle. Number one, I'm disappointed in myself. But number two, because I value friendship and trust so much that when you deny that, you to me, you are dead. So if you die tomorrow, I'd be completely happy because now I know in my mind that you don't get to fuck over somebody else because, mm -hmm. and this person too, fucked over so many other people. I just couldn't see it for mm -hmm. myself. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. So then going back to the like your home and the store, would that be your first? So you had your breakup and like friendship issue. What about, so would this be your first thing that you have to let go then that you've held on to? It would be the store. I mean, not the store. I mean, the, the house. That would be the first thing. Because I mean, for you, like you said, it's hard for you to understand because you. you, you I have an idea of it because like I've also, you know, when I go place to go back to places that I lived or have memories, you know, going back to Japan, for example, I had, it brings memories, but it's not as long as like my whole childhood. Like yeah, I like don't I'm have saying, that. You've, you've traveled so often and you've moved from so many homes. Mm. My, we lived three places. I, we number No, four. When we first came to the States, we lived in these apartments. It's out, out in the hood, right? In Sacramento, off Mack Road in the, near like Oak Park. And if you guys know back in the day, if you're from Sacramento, like those areas were super bad back in the day. Um, and then uh, we moved into these duplexes, right? And then from those duplexes, we moved into this house, which is actually really close to where I live now. Mm. Um, and then from that house that we were renting, my parents bought a home mm -hmm. and then we stayed there. And that's where we've been since I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So I've spent a fat chunk of my life there. So it is your first place that you're letting go. The longest too. Oh, for sure. The longest. Do you want to keep that house? I don't know if it's smart to keep the house just to keep it though. Mm. You know, it's not in the best. It's not in the best neighborhood. It's the most hoarding thing to do. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's not in the best neighborhood too. And then there's so much money I would have to put into it to fix it up. So it's like I would un I would want to buy the house if if the property value is great and it's going to go mm -hmm. up, but that neighborhood is going to shit. Like I it's think, it's pretty it's pretty kind of it's kind of hood. So by college, I think one of the college uh, when I was in Berkeley, I was at an apartment, and that was probably one of the longest places that I've stayed. That when I was graduating, before uh, we left, what I did is with a actual digital camera is that I recorded me walking into the apartment and opening the room, the bathroom, and showing like how the environment was because I didn't want to forget it. Mm. So that's that's the most that I could relate to is that because it's been such short um, time of experience in, that, in all the places that I live that I forget. So the only way for me to remember is to record it. For you, I'm sure it'll be like, oh, it's so clear in my head how it was. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I remember every little nook and scratches of my home. I've made all and the holes yeah. that I punched in the wall, all yeah. that other stuff. I know everything about that house. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 kind of crazy to think that probably like a year from now, I won't be able to step foot in that home again. Mm. Blows my mind. I did like that house. It was nice. It was yeah, comfy. It's, it's just I mean it's the house is damn near falling apart sometimes, but it's like, <laughs> it's just a house that you grew up in is very, there's like, I think the warmth to a home is just, it's all based on the people that are in it. Mm -hmm. So it, I've definitely been to other people's homes where it feels a little sterile. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of the relationship that some of my friends have with their parents. Mm. It's not, it's not close. Mm. So the house just feels like not comfortable. Yeah. The home just feels like a house, but the house doesn't feel like a home. Right. Mm. And it's like, Oh, this is not very cozy. There's something off about it. Like you don't feel, you don't feel like this is a place that you could grow up in, or you don't feel like there was like (laughs) really people living in here. Mm. You know, it feels like a place where people just go in to sleep and then wake up and they leave. Mm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, did I have any places like that? Because I most of my time in my childhood, I actually stayed at like my friend's house a lot. Not like to sleep, but throughout the day because uh, my both of my parents were working. So I would have like a friend's parents pick me up when they pick up their kids. And then my parents would pick me up at their place. Yeah. So I'm always at their... You know what? Now I remember... It's not that it's sterile, but it was literally breaking down when there was a huge hole in the yeah. house. And I was wondering why there's a hole. And I see my friend. It's kind of sad, though. I see my friend. She had this jar of cheese that she was eating. She had a parrot as a pet. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, the parrot was eating the cheese with her in the same jar. And then the mom came around and the mom saw my friend... Uh, giving milk to a stray cat and the mom got so mad she raised her hand and she thought she was raising her hand to her kid but she was actually coming after me and then it wait what and but it hit her that oh my god you're not my daughter so she turned around and went to her kid but that was probably the most like whoa this is not a comfortable house to come back wait what is wait what was her what was her ethnicity is she asian korean it was a Korean girl. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because she was this really, this was in middle school. She was this jolly girl. I really enjoyed having her around. She's very bubbly. And I don't know what happened, but I ended up going to her place. And it was a little bit different. And then she got her jar. She was eating cheese. And then I saw a bird and I was like, that's, that shouldn't be the right thing for so both of them was, to was eat. It. It a, was it a, a single mom and a single kid? And then, then one kid? I think it was a single mom. And I think, yeah, there was a bit of a story behind that mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that was, I think, and obviously nobody knows at school or anything. She doesn't say much, but I almost wanted to take her to my place. <laughs> Not that that would do anything, but it felt like, it was so, it felt so unsafe being there. What happened to her? I have, oh, uh, she's married. She's happy. Beautiful kids. Yeah. She's That's, doing well. Oh, well, her story ended well. Yeah. Thank God. We were, I was actually really happy to hear that because I didn't know what happened, but through friends, uh, I was, I got the update that she has a happy life. You know, it was, it's a happy ending for her. Man, you know what's crazy too, especially because you, you get to, when you meet people and you hear their, their backstory and I'm pretty sure she's fine, but Everybody who has those type of traumas, it always mm. seeps out. You know, there's always stuff that we don't know that's going on behind closed doors. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm not saying course. anything bad about it, but I'm saying like that stuff that, you know, it's, oh, hard, it's hard. PTSD, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, PTSD, it's hard to unpack. And, you know, because think, probably maybe because she'd gone through that, more reason to suppress any of that to happen yeah, in I her think life. We all do that stuff. Yeah. I think the hard part is, is when I get older, it's like I'll meet some of these people who are. I don't fucking like them, right? Mm. But then I hear about their story and it goes, That's why I know why you're a, such a fucking weirdo. It's because of all the shit that you fucking went through. 
you know, yeah. and then how you've processed it and you didn't process it at all. And, you know, you don't want to confront these things. But also as an adult, too, the, what people don't understand when when it comes to empathy, empathy also has a limit. Mm-hmm. Like I can only empathize up to a certain point to the to the point the, to the brink before I sock you in the fucking face. Yeah. Like at a certain point, you still have to take personal responsibility for how you behave towards others and how and how you say things to people. Yeah. And if it's always like, well, you didn't know how I grew up. Cool. I don't I also don't have to give a fuck about you, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, it's I think more or less. I don't know if it's this is one of those things that because we're quarantined and for example my life is that i'm quarantined i work from home i don't see people and i'm in my you know getting into my mid-30s now and this is where really adult life is should be happening and i don't know if i feel like people around me around this age uh are now kind of grabbing out these PTSD that they've been suppressing. I don't know if it's called adult trauma or they can't handle it anymore. So now it's coming out or because quarantine therapy life, you know, their therapy is such a huge quarantine advocate thing. was a big reason though, for a lot of people because you think so, well, because we don't have any more distractions when it comes to these thoughts. Mm-hmm. These are thoughts that we always think about, but when you can distract yourself with yeah, a lot of high endorphin true. stuff, like for example, hanging out with your friends, enjoying drinks, going out clubbing, mm-hmm. um, hang out with your coworkers, traveling, what, traveling yeah. whatever that it is, when you're left alone in a room with just your thoughts, those thoughts start to eat up at you and it starts to just, yeah, and, you, and you can't even process it sometimes. You go, what the fuck is this? Like, have I always been like this? Mm-hmm. Am I always thinking about this stuff? Are these behaviors normal? And then, you know, you start going into a fucking spiral. Um, I think for me in quarantine, I felt pretty okay because I do that stuff anyways. Like mm-hmm. I'm always sitting here picking at why I do things, why I behave a certain way. And even at the end of the year, what I do is I write out my goals and I see what I want to do mm-hmm. and I see what I want to change and how I want to move forward. I think for me, it's kind of normal. Like I've I've been, even when I first started doing YouTube, I was in a room by myself, always thinking at, about these random thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays I don't think as much. I honestly just kind of turn my mind off and I blank out and I just start walking or swing in front or of my swing, office. <laughs> right. And only because like, I'm not, it's not so much I'm suppressing thoughts is that I've kind of learned to focus my thoughts on things that matter more not and not just focus on everything. Mm. And it's something that a lot of young, I think that's good. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a fault that a lot of younger people have. And uh-huh. it's something that I used to do a lot when I was younger, everything pissed me off. Everything was my business Mm. and I always had an opinion about everything that didn't really fucking matter. Even if it wasn't for entertainment purposes, right? Just because I was young, I I gave way too many fucks. I was giving away fucks like it was Halloween candy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, here, you get a fuck, you get a fuck, you get a fuck. Everybody gets a fuck, (laughs) right? But when you get older, you start to realize these fucks that we give, I don't have much. Yeah. So I have to get, I have to toss it out very sparingly and at the points that really matter the most. Because when you don't, you just stress out about things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Kind of. I don't know about you. When you're thinking about these important aspects of your life and the thoughts that you have for it. For me, because I'm trying to do that as well, like quality over quantity, the stress is even higher. And I don't Mm. know because I'm aging as well. And I feel like time is, you know, as you said, time is more or less limited as the day goes by. So the stress and the anxiety gets so much higher. I'm like, if I had in my 20s, if I had 10 goals, 
Now in my 30s, I have five goals. Why is it that it's so much harder to achieve these five goals? And why is it so much more stressful? And I feel like I'm wasting my well, time being stressed Because when you're in your 20s, you feel like you have the rest of your life to, to accomplish these things. Yeah. And, and as it, you get it older, comes by so fast. Well, 30s this, come by so fast. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, <laughs> the idea of time being something that's very finite for human beings or just any living organism in general starts to hit you when you're older. Yeah. Because you could feel age. You're in your twenties. You don't feel any of that shit. When I, I was know. in my twenties, I was I, I was fat and I was perfectly fine. <laughs> I was playing basketball. I was doing all this yeah. other shit. I was playing. I could play ball for five six hours and I was damn near three hundred pounds. It didn't matter. Now it's but so. When painful. I hit my when I was like twenty eight, which I'm twenty eight or no twenty twenty eight. I think that's when I started losing weight. It was like twenty eight or twenty nine around there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I felt it. I felt everything that I didn't feel before. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why do my knees hurt so much? Why does my back hurt so much? What is, what is all this stuff? Is everything that I didn't pay attention to because it was a goal of mine that I always put in the back burner because I felt like I always had time. Mm. And now time too. It's not when, – when we think about time too, um, people go, well, you're still young. You're Yeah, 100%. But the quality of time and the things that you can do when you're older are different than when yeah. you're younger. Time is actually now really daunting me. Yeah. It's relative to the, the time that we have, right? So mm-hmm. for example, you go, you go have all these like cool things that you want to do, but we have to think about it in reality. What's our responsibilities? Yeah. Because responsibility also take away from these things too. Are you going to have kids? Kid, even having children has a time to it. I'm not telling people that you have to stop and then, you know, give up on life. I'm saying that you have to assess and reevaluate yeah. What you want to spend your time on. It still frustrates me that corn, this COVID thing has taken at least two years of our life yeah. to be free. And it, it's like that those two years and some people's uh, perspective, like they might be nothing, but those two years, that's a lot. That's a lot of time we lost that we could oh, have done. Two years is a lot. That first, you know? that first year of COVID where we were had to be quarantined inside of our apartment, that right there pissed me off because mm-hmm. I don't like wasting this thing that I can't get back. You mm-hmm. know, mind you, it was cool. You know, we, we got to watch movies, we got to relax and rest, but there are things that within these two years I could have done that we didn't get to do. Yeah. And we can't get that back. And so now we have to compromise for the next following years of like, how are we going to do certain or what are the things we're going to have to eliminate basically, yeah. or how are we going to combine them or compromise and that's where it's like, there is us and then now there's me. And as much as there's still time, I need to figure out how I could fit it within this time frame that unfortunately that I have for myself, because I'm not always going to be just me. Yeah. And I think like that's why people always talk about, you know, people who are older than us, like make the most of your time and make the most of your days. Not because you should live in fear. It's because mm. it's just something that's very precious. Yeah. You know, people like to tell you too, you have 24 hours in a day. You don't have 24 fucking hours in a day. You actually don't. Cause mm, more like 10, six, 12. Six to, yeah, six <laughs> to eight hours is that is what is sleeping. Yeah. And it is right? true. You have to sleep. Let's say six hours you sleep, right? Then you have 14. Mm-hmm. And then how many hours do you work? Eight minimum. And you're in traffic or no. 14, right? So you have 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you spend your time on. You have literally ten nine to ten hours a day to to kind of Oh, you have yeah. I mean, no, if you're sleeping and you have ten hours a day and you're working eight hours. 
You don't have that much time. Yeah, eight to t- whatever, t- eight, eight to yeah. ten hours a day typically. And I think you know on on a weekday, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. right? And that's really where your time is spent. Yeah. One of the things that everybody is going to should be afraid of is reaching a certain age and looking back and saying, "Fuck, I regretted this. I regretted that." You don't want to live like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys. That wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, you can catch Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song. And you can find me at Davis O Comedy Everything and the Genius Brain Podcast every Thursdays and Sundays up until January 1st, which is actually coming in about soon three weeks. And then we're back. We're only going to do it once a week. Wow. Um, hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast. May you have blessings on pond blessings and may the force be with you. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Amen. Amen. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Be the person your dog thinks you are. What if you don't have your dog? Well, then imagine what a dog would think you are. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.